Ben Shapiro is a well-meaning Christian conservatives idea of the smartest, biggest authority on Judaism in the world. Welcome to Committing High Reason, a podcast where we dissect important topics such as good versus evil, religion versus no religion, Zionism versus Judaism, and our pet peeve, political propaganda. Committing High Reason will give you tools to strengthen your intellectual independence, enhance your critical thinking, and hopefully acquire some very new perspectives. Now, here's your host, Rabbi Yaakov Shapiro. Lee Stranahan, it's great to have you on my podcast. How are you this morning? I'm doing very well, Rabbi Shapiro. It's great to be with you. Tell me, Lee, it, it was very interesting how we met. Uh, you reached out to me. Uh, you saw some videos of mine that enlightened you as to Zionism, and you wanted to know more about that. So that's how we met. I'd love for you to tell uh, the listeners uh, about that because it's it's something that a lot of people don't know. And even when they do hear, uh, they don't react as in such an enlightened way as you did, you know? So what were you thinking beforehand and what did you see and what are you thinking now? Well, so yeah, it's, it's, I think it is a very interesting story, and uh, again, I'm honored to be on with you and, and to be able to tell people about it, because, so you know, my, my background is that uh, I was largely secular most of my life. Uh, I was I was an atheist and agnostic a good part of my life. Then that changed about 15 years ago, and then I became a Christian, but a non-denominational Christian. Uh, about six years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the reason I mention that is I want people to get the perspective of what I, I honestly believe a, a lot of uh, regular, you know, what I will call regular Christians have, not the leadership or whatever, but, you know, regular people, which is I was, I also was not, I knew I wasn't anti Semitic. And because I had plenty of Jewish friends, my Andrew Breitbart. And again, I, after knowing you and meeting you, uh, I, I wouldn't call him a Jew. He was not religious. He was an agnostic, Mm -hmm. but he came from a, you know, Jewish background and he identified as Jewish in the way that people who don't understand, uh, the race religion distinction that, 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 that you, as you've explained, it's stupid. That's what I think you've said. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I do say that. Yeah, and and but you know, people people like Andrew Breitbart, they, this they're not, and you're not saying this. You're not saying people who think that are stupid. No, because no. you know, most people think that. Yeah, people think that because that's what the propaganda tells them to think. Yes, I'm mean, just so like they I, think George Washington chopped down a cherry tree. Or that the no. civil war was because of slavery. No, no, exactly. And and I think I had what a lot of people who are, uh, you know, like I say, just regular people think. And so I, I knew I wasn't anti-Semitic. And then you hear the stuff about Israel. I didn't know anything really about Zionism. 
Zionism to me was something that crazy people talked about. <laughs> it, no, I, I really mean it. It was something that the only time it would come up is you'd hear about the Zionist conspiracy to take over the protocols of the elders of Zion. Mm. And it just, it just seemed nutty. Does that make sense? Like literally like, I don't know what that is, but I'm not really that interested because it sounds crazy and anti-Semitic. So when I, when I would hear about it, I, I just didn't know anything about it. Right. So even in, in that sentence where you say the protocols of the elders of Zion, even though the title uses the word Zion, the protocols are really about Jews. So this right. conflation of Jews and Zionists making them actually synonymous, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and I, I, as a person who'd been, uh, you know, fairly politically literate before I got into uh, journalism, and then when I got into journalism, I, I thought I knew what I was talking about. I really had no idea what Zionism was. Let's say I'll go with four years ago for sure. I had no idea what it was. I really didn't have any idea. I The first time I ever heard of a, a Herzl was through you. Wow. I'd never heard of it. And I really think that I'm... I'm very normal in that sense. And and you, not only normal, you've been informed. You've worked for Breitbart News. You wrote for Huffington Post and Daily Kass. You've been a television producer. If anybody should be informed, it would be somebody like you. Yeah, yes. And, and Andrew was very pro. A Andrew asked me at one point, he's like, hey, do you want to go to Israel? Because he said, I can arrange. He said, I know people who will take you over to Israel. And I, I now know what that's about, by the way, mm -hmm. which is this, this sort of ongoing propaganda effort. They wouldn't have shown me the ultra-Orthodox protesting against the draft, let's say. <laughs> right. right. But but I'm, I'm sure I would have enjoyed it. I'm sure I would have had a, a good time, and I'm sure I would have come away thinking the, you know, that Netanyahu's a great guy and everything else. But But I know that, like I say, I know from talking to Andrew about it, he didn't really know much about this either. I just, most people, I think, have no idea. And so I, I'd, beca I'd begun hosting a radio show. And my co-host was much more on the left than I was. I'd been a Democrat. I'd been a Republican. I be became a Republican after Andrew died. And, but he was, he was much more anti-Israel. Mm -hmm. And I, I viewed it as a left thing. A lot and, of people do. Yeah, no, right. And, and we'd have people on the show like Medea Benjamin from Code Pink or whoever. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I had this background that if you were anti-Israel, everybody I knew who was anti-Israel was pro, like Palestine, the Palestinian issue is their number one issue. Mm -hmm. And then that ties into a certain view of Islam. And I, I did know enough to know that that view of Islam was uh, that, that there were problems with Islamic terrorism, for instance. And I, I knew that, and I knew that wasn't racist or whatever you, they call it. Cause of course, Islam is a religion too, but it wasn't just Islamic Islamophobic to say that there were problems with Islam. I could see it and I'd researched it extensively but I really didn't understand Zionism and everything. And all I knew is it seemed like a lot of the Islamic people uh, 
really hated Jews. <laughs> like really, some of them really hated Jews and they would talk about it. And so I knew I wasn't uh, in agreement with that. I knew I, I didn't agree with that at all. Mm -hmm. And so as we'd have guests on the show and they would talk about Israel, I started to see a problem. And this is where I started to have a, 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 a sort of a crisis in my head. These, ge these guests, you're talking about pro-Zionist guests or anti-Zionist guests? The ones whose talk showed you that there's a problem. They, well, here's the thing. They weren't like Medea, let's say, from Code Pink. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she's anti-Zionist. Right. She's definitely anti-Israel. Right. She's anti-Israel's policies about the Palestinians. That's a very yes. perceptive difference between me and them. Exactly. Right. Okay. And she and she's and even beyond being pro-Israel, uh, anti-Israel, she's definitely anti-Netanyahu. So mm -hmm. that was it was a subset of a subset, even. Right. Right. Where, uh, and and sometimes, and Medea would never say it on the show, but we had a number of leftist uh, guests on the show, and they never discussed the idea of Zionism, and mm -hmm. even the idea of Israel and Judaism and Zionism being separate things didn't ever come up. And so I started to become, I started to see the problems with Israel. I started to see the issues with Israel on a, from a political standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I, I started to get that. But a lot of people I knew who were anti-Israel and anti-Netanyahu they they were particularly if they were on the Islamic side they were very anti-Semitic and right and they right. and and so I knew I wasn't anti-Semitic but I also knew that I was starting to have problems and uh, so you were you were stuck between a rock and a hard place you agreed with people about Israel's politics being wrong. But you saw that people who believe Israel's politics wrong, largely or to some great extent, are anti-Semitic, which you were not. Right. Yes. And and again, I think that's, I think that's normal. You know what I mean? Like I think a lot of people, particularly on the right right now, you're 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 fed a certain line, and by fed I mean you know the funding that people like Sheldon Adelson and. And, and people like that provide for the GOP. Mm -hmm. That's why I was offered that trip to Israel. When I, when I moved to Washington, in fact, this is very early on, uh, when I moved to Washington right after Trump's inauguration, I had been studying, I knew a lot about uh, Islam and the, the way Republicans are pitched that is that the bad guy there's the muslim brotherhood and everything's about the muslim brotherhood and you will if you look it up if you talk to conservatives they all think the muslim brotherhood is the real problem and i had discovered from my research that the actual funding of terrorism but by the way they'll say that but they don't even know the difference between sunni and shia islam they don't literally they don't know what the it's all it's all one thing mm -hmm. So I found out it was the Saudi Arabian Muslim World League that was really the major sponsor of terrorism, building these uh, madrasas and mosques and everything else. But I couldn't get it published at Breitbart. They weren't interested in hearing about the Muslim World League, the Saudi Arabian charity. Why is and that? Had, well, this is what the guy told me. I had dinner with a guy who was a conservative publisher mm -hmm. 
who was very knowledgeable about the Middle East. And I said, you know, I figured out, and this went back to my reporting about Huma Abedin, Hillary Clinton's assistant, mm-hmm. whose parents worked for the Muslim World League, but she was attacked as being connected to the Muslim Brotherhood. And I said, I'm having trouble because it seems to me like the Muslim World League's the real problem here and not the Muslim Brotherhood. And I'm not saying that I'm not defending the Muslim Brotherhood. I'm just saying that it's more complex. And it's really the Muslim World League. And this guy who's a conservative publisher said, you're exactly right. He said, the Muslim World League is a big deal, but here's the problem. He said, all the funding on the right is from pro-Israeli donors, and they don't want to hear a thing about the Muslim World League. He said, all they want to hear about is the Muslim Brotherhood. Wow. And And I said, what? He said, he said, I'm not knocking it. He said, I take that funding but they don't want to hear about the Muslim World League. I said, well, why is that? And he said, because Saudi Arabia is in league with Israel. And I said, what? I was just having dinner. I'm like, wait, (laughs) wait, 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 what? (laughs) And it made no sense to me that the country that's a seed of, of the two holy cities of Islam would be, it was a complete contradiction. And even the idea that all the funding was from, pro-Israel sources. And then I thought about it. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I know where Breitbart's funding comes from. And I just went through it. I'm like, wow, he's right. And I, 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 I hit on this recently. Think, think like a Republican for a second, like a grassroots regular Republican. And think about what your top five issues are. Now, think about who funds all the right-wing media, including outlets I've worked for. It's all Adelson and the Mercers and this whole, it's all pro-Israel. So things like Fox News, they're included in this. Yes, absolutely. Now, so so Israel is the one thing that's completely unquestioned by anybody on the right. But if you're a regular Republican, where do you think Israel rates on your top 10 issues? It's not in the top five. Right. Gun rights and tax. I could name four things off the top of my head. I'm not saying that they don't like Israel or or in some cases, but it's not in the top five. Maybe it's eight. Right now, they care more about China, a lot more about China, for instance, than they do about anything with Israel. They're not hostile to it. And then if you think of that's a big gap right there, that the funders have one issue that they care about. And by the way, of course, there's a lot of funding on the Democrats, too, uh, you know, as you see through APAC. But that was the first thing that created this real crisis of confidence for me in early 2017, because it was right after I moved out to D.C. And I thought about it, and I'm like, even that, uh, even the statement, all the funding on the right is pro-Israel, sounds a little anti-Semitic conspiracy. It's, it's, it sounds, hmm. when you first hear it, it sounds like in the next line it's going to be, and if you read the protocols of the Israel right. Zion, right? You the Jews are controlled. The Jews are in control of the, the, the right-wing yeah. political establishment. The Jews can, because the Jews control the media right. and blah, blah, blah. And that's a slippery slope. So I didn't, I was like, I had to really think about it. I had to go, it, it wasn't like he said, 
uh, yeah, the funding is all pro-Israel. I went, yes, you're right. The Jews do control the media. Thanks for, I knew it. I was like, wait, wait, wait a second. Because the guy wasn't anti-Semitic. And I thought about him like factually. So it started to create a, a real uh, uh, crisis for me because I, I didn't, I couldn't put these ideas together. I saw Israel doing stuff that I didn't think was good. I learned that in fact, the U.S. does fund Israel, more military funding than every other country combined. That seems out of proportion to me, right? Mm -hmm. And then I knew all the things that I knew. Well, they're surrounded by enemies and, you know. I mean, I mean, are are they really surrounded by enemies? I mean, you have Egypt on the West and you have Jordan on the East and they have peace treaties with Israel. Well, I had also gone to Lebanon in 2013, Mm -hmm. a trip that I... I, I crowdfunded basically. In fact, Steve, I, I was working for Steve Bannon at the time. At okay. Part. This is after Andrea died. And I raised the money myself to go to uh, Lebanon because it was the start of the Syrian civil war. And when I got over there, first off, Bannon didn't want me to go. And I had to quit Breitbart in order, order to go because I'd raised the money independently. It wouldn't have cost him a dime. Uh, you quit by Breitbart over this? Over Lebanon, yeah, Lebanon, in twenty thirteen. Okay, because because I knew it was going to be a very big story, and uh, a friend of mine had said to me, and I agreed with her, that as a journalist, when you have a really big story, don't let anybody talk you out of it if you know it's big. And I knew the Syrian civil war was going to be huge, and this is before anybody had heard of ISIS. When I came back from Lebanon, nobody had heard of ISIS. And I saw for myself and I talked to people. And one of the things I asked the, the Lebanese, they're mainly Christians who are dealing with in, in, in Lebanon. Uh, but I asked them, I said, uh, I said, I notice you guys aren't really pro-Israel here. <laughs> Lebanon, yes. Even though to the east and to the west, they have countries with peace treaties. But up north, that's true. Definitely. And, and these were Christians. These were Christians, mm-hmm. right? And so I was like, where I'm, I was living in Texas at the time. I'm like, I'm like uh, everyone I know who's a Christian in Texas loves Israel. And you guys don't seem to love Israel. <laughs> right. And they said, okay, here's what it is. And they explained from their perspective as Lebanese that they're like, we, we, want, we wanted to like Israel. And they didn't like Syria either, by the way. And they were putting up with a lot of refugees. They showed me where people had tortured them and everything. So Lebanese people, it's not like they were. And again, these were Lebanese Christians. Right. By the way, were these Christians, were they Catholics or Protestants? Because the evangelicals, the people in Texas are Protestants, right? These were uh, Orthodox Maronites. Okay. And so, and so, and and that's a, that's a big difference Uh because they are much, you know, like one of the places that the uh, Muslims had attacked was Malula, which is the last place on earth where Aramaic is spoken. Really? Yes. That's interesting. I know somewhat of, I know some Aramaic because it's still a rabbinical language. I'm yeah. curious if I could actually have a conversation with them. Well, you, you might, because literally this village Malula and what had happened in that village was the people's Arab neighbors 
who they would have barbecue with. They were friends with mm-hmm. when the, when the uh, Saudi and back forces came in, they could see their neighbors pointing out, this will be re- very reminiscent of, uh, of what happened in world war II. They could see their neighbors pointing to the homes of the Christians. Oh, that guy's a Christian. That family's Christian. And the, the uh, Muslims, I, I interviewed people. I'd read about them, but I interviewed people. They were uh, told to say the Shahadra, which is uh, there's no God but Allah. And if they didn't do it, they were shot. One guy was gut shot and killed. So these were literal Christian martyrs wow. who were, who would, they were told convert now or we'll kill you. And many of them did not do it. And a number of them were shot and killed. And so that was a really profound experience. That's wild. This is in what year? This is not the middle. This is not medieval times, right? This is 2013. 2013. Yeah. Wow. Malula. Yeah. M-A-A-L-U-L-A, something like that. And I'd read about it, but I went over to, to talk to people. And I did. I interviewed people. I interviewed people from the, uh, Maronite Church. I interviewed uh, high officials, Louis Sacco, who was the uh, patriarch of Babylon, major. And they didn't understand what the Obama administration was doing because they're like, what do you, you're backing Al Qaeda? The US has backed Al Qaeda throughout this, throughout this whole thing. And again, it has to do with the Saudi connection. And, and so I knew that story very well because I'd interviewed people. And, and it was interesting to me that the, the Orthodox Christians over there. And I went to one service too. Mm-hmm. And when, when I lived in Dallas uh, and I had just recently be, become a Christian, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a Dallas church service is like, I, I, I assume it's like nothing you would recognize as a religious service, Yakov, which is it's it would it's much more akin to a drive-in movie or something like that. It's it's very it's in, it's enjoyable. You could sit back and go, oh, the music was good, the lighting was fantastic. The stage, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I I, and, I hear what you're saying, yes. Yeah, and it was very and so I went to one service, uh uh Orthodox Christian service. That is something I think you would go. Oh yeah, okay. This is much closer to what I recognize as religion. It was very religious. It was the people were devout. There was no entertainment. Does that make sense? It was not about Yes, I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And and so I started to realize how I think a lot of American Christians have been taken in, I'll use that as a word, into something that's that's not particularly religious. It, it was, it was a real eye opener. And so I had that experience. So anyway, so I was having, I had that experience and then I was having this crisis of confidence over Israel. And then, uh, I was sick. I'd, I'd been in the hospital. I was sick. And somebody had sent me a video of you at, uh, at Nassau Coliseum. Mm-hmm. And I remembered that in the back of my head. And I was laying, I was not well, I was laying in the tub and uh, I suddenly was like, go deeper. Now, again, it's, you know, I, I, I think, I think it was God, but that's my view. But what, for whatever reason I heard, 
in my head, go deeper. And I remembered the video that, that I'd gotten of you. Now, I could explain that in a completely secular scientific way, but that's not, you know, I, but I, I could also explain it another way. And either way, I went, I, I, I got out of the tub. I immediately went, I found the video that somebody had sent me. I don't remember who sent it to me. Mm-hmm. And I watched it and I was completely blown away immediately because it wasn't just this guy sitting, you know, alone in his apartment going, okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was tens of thousands of obviously uh, devout Jews. Yeah, we had close in- to 20,000 people over there in the Nassau Coliseum. And, and it amazed me. And you remember when you and I spoke, one of the first questions I asked is, I said, the media ignores you, don't they? Absolutely. The media ignores us. Even when we make press conferences, press releases, absolutely, absolutely they ignore us. There's a blackout on us. Blackout. And, and I had learned in the you know, years I'd done journalism, at that point, seven, eight years, I had learned the biggest power that the media has is simply ignoring stories. If they can ignore a story, most people never hear about. And I learned this locally, at a state level, and at a national and international level. If they don't tell you that, for instance, in the Syrian war, that the U.S. was actually backing al-Qaeda and the Salafi terrorists, which everybody I talked to in Syria, every single person, Christian, Muslim, Druze, everybody I talked to. Uh, uh, I said Druze, not Jews. I don't. I didn't talk to right. anybody who was Jewish there just because I didn't run into anybody. But uh, everybody I talked to knew that the U.S. was backing al-Qaeda. Then I came back here. There was nothing about it, and I couldn't get any traction on the story uh, at Breitbart under Steve Bannon. I told you I had a, I had a, I, I, I'd lost that job, and it, it it was a it was months and months before I got back, uh, before he offered me a job again, and um, but as soon as I saw it, that crowd that big, I would be just from a human interest standpoint. Did you know there are some Jews who, who aren't advocates of Israel coming up next on whatever? You think? <laughs> yeah, it's much more than some, not just some. It's right. like lots and lots and lots. And it's not in tens of thousands. Orthodox Jews, except for what we call the modern Orthodox, and in Israel, the settler types, or whatever you want to call them, they're all not Zionists, irregular, mainstream Orthodox yeshiva, uh, the biggest yeshivas in the country, you will not find find any Israeli flag, no mention of Israel. If you ask them, are you Zionists, they'll say, no. Uh, Jewish Orthodox magazine, which is actually more towards the modern left-wing type, recently had a survey, and 80% of the, of the Jews, Orthodox Jews, said no. We are not Zionists. 80% of the ones they surveyed, no, we are not Zionists. Absolutely not. Well, and because I'd worked at Breitbart, I knew Ben Shapiro and I knew Joel Pollack, yeah. who, who are observant Jews. I, and, I, and I know both of them. And I will say that, again, they are Zionists, 
but they're also observant Jews. I've traveled with Ben a little bit. He keeps kosher. He travels with kosher food. Neither one of them works on the you know Sabbath right. and so on and so forth. So I I thought I knew uh, the observant Jews who I knew. And like I say, Andrew wasn't, uh, but but I knew guys he'd hired like Ben mm-hmm. and like Joel were. And so that was my perception. I was like, well, wait a second. Why have I never heard this? I'll tell you one other quick. I, I just remembered a story right before Andrew died. He was going to rehire me. Uh, he was going to hire me full time, have me move out to Los Angeles where I'd lived before mm-hmm. and offer me a position. And one of the things he said to me was he jo- was joking, but he wasn't joking, but he was joking. He said, now you may have to, you may have to wear a yarmulke. Huh. Why and is that? What he was telling me was where the funding was coming from. I he see. Had, he had just gotten around to funding and he was making a joke. Well, you may have to, because he'd also just brought Joel on and he just brought Ben on. And what he was telling me was, uh, and I, I knew this because we were talking about the fundraising. He'd just gotten around to money in and it was tied to Israel. Wow. That's what he was telling me. Uh-huh. And, but he, he, he said that to me and, um, and he died before that happened. This is maybe a month before he died, maybe less. Uh-huh. And and uh, but that's why I say when the person told me, well, all the funding, I'm like, well, yeah, I think I know something about this because of what Andrew had told me. He told me a lot of stuff ab- about about the funding. And in fact, the founding of Breitbart was you'll, there's a picture of Netanyahu with Andrew. But I'll tell you, he. Um. By the way, Netanyahu, that picture was not wearing a yarmulke. Right. Yes. You see, that's that's what people don't notice. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. And 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 th- th- when I saw when I saw your stuff, I saw that short video of the Nassau Coliseum, and I said, mm-hmm. "Wait a minute." And the the thing that struck me was that your argument was not you were not. Again, just the Palestinian issue didn't come up at all. Right. It was the first time I'd ever heard anybody talk about Israel or Zionism. That what the next step was not you waving a Palestinian flag, right? And and talking about kids throwing rocks at tanks and so on. And it you were you were you were speaking as a Jew, as a devout religious person. Yep. And and so when I say as a Jew, I mean in the strict religious sense yeah right the religious sense of the word and it was it was and if andrew had been been alive i would have called him immediately and said do you know that there are jews who are every bit as devout as uh joel or 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 ben more more devout in fact i was going to say in fact more right and uh Less less assimilated, let's say. Yes, that too. Right? Mm-hmm. But again, that's not, you know what I mean? Like, I know exactly what you mean, right. We are Jews, orthodox, observant, religious Jews whose values come from the Torah and the Jewish religion. Yeah. And, and, I, I, and it seemed to me like Ben, I mean, like a guy like Ben or, or Joel, I'd, I'd be fascinated in hearing you and let's say Joel. Joel's less bothersome. I like Joel. I like Joel. No, Joel's Joel's a very bright guy, and he's less abrasive than uh, than Ben. But 
and very scholarly. He's a Harvard educated attorney, a lot like, you know, like, like Ben, but whatever. I okay. like him better. I would love to hear a, a religious debate between you and a guy like Joel Pollack. You know, people, be- people have told me this uh, more about Ben than about Joel Pollack. And, and the truth of the matter is like this, uh, a guy like Joel Pollack, a guy like Ben Shapiro, their area of expertise is not Judaism, although they are observant Jews. Like, for example, I'm sure there are many Christians who won't violate Christian rules, but they're not Christian scholars. A guy like Jonathan Sachs would make more sense. Ben Shapiro is a layman. He happens to be religious in the modern Orthodox sense, and Joel also, but neither of them claim, nor does anybody claim that they are experts or authorities on Judaism, which is something that people don't know. If somebody wants to ask uh, Ben Shapiro about uh, conservatism or minimum wage or something like that, so he has something to say about that. You can agree or disagree, but he has something to say. But people ask him about the Jewish view on abortion. He knows no more about the Jewish view on abortion or the Jewish view about anything than any other observant Jew in the street. Nothing. He's not a rabbi. He's not a Jewish scholar. So such a debate would be uh, perhaps entertaining, but it, it wouldn't even be fair to him, honestly. Well, and, and that's why I think it would be interesting, because I forget who somebody said this about. They were describing somebody and they said, this person is a stupid I- person's idea of a smart person. I forget who it was. Okay. But, they, but, but, but you, you get the concept that some people... Ben, I'll use, I'll just use Ben because he's much better known. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Shapiro is a well-meaning Christian conservatives idea of the smartest, biggest authority on Judaism in the world. Yeah, because he wears a yarmulke like the Pope does. No, Ben, ben is a modern Orthodox Jew. But nobody claims that he's a scholar of Judaism. What was his training in Judaism? How many years did he spend studying Jewish religion, Jewish philosophy, uh, Jewish theology? He had a yeshiva education uh, to the extent that most people who whose aspirations were to become to, to go to Harvard Law School did. But he's not a scholar. He's really not really knowledgeable about Judaism any more than an average observant Christian is about Christian theology. Yeah, and I, I, I like I, when I talk about uh, being a Christian, for instance, I always say I'm a lousy Christian. Uh, I, I've never, I don't brag about, uh, I, I, you know, my grasp of stuff. I am. I'm a lousy Christian. I, I know the stuff I know really well in politics, let's say, but I don't claim to be a Christian scholar or anything. And that's why one of the things that you said when I was first learning about your stuff I didn't know about the Christian or- origins of Zionism. And, and the point I want to make on that is I really think, see, this is why I think you debating Ben would, would be fascinating. The reason he would never do it, but the reason Shapiro versus Shapiro would be so interesting <laughs> is it would make a lot of Ben's fans realize he doesn't know what he's talking about. It would really open a lot of people's eyes. In other words, I think, and again, I, I, I'm not trying to demean his faith, but uh, it would, it would, it would expose the that he's not the authority that people think he is, and that there's a different view of Zionism and Israel uh, and Netanyahu. That there is not 
unanimity. And in fact, and the unanimity is not like I say that you're secretly uh, um, a Muslim. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. That, right. That you're not defending Palestinians or Islam and uh, Hezbollah or ever you you might be. I don't. I don't know. No. See, this is this is part of the Zionist defense mechanisms, a part of their propaganda, that anybody that doesn't buy into the idea that Israel's the state of the Jewish people and, and Zionism represents Judaism must be a Hamas supporter. There's this binary world they live in, and it's part of their Hasbara tactics. Attack the person, say he's an anti-Semite, if he's like the IHRA definition, you know, that everybody's talking about, which is a terrible thing. Here's, here, here's my position. I'm a Jew by religion. I'm an American citizen. My family was from Poland on my mother's on my father's side, England on my mother's side, and Russia on my mother's mother's side. Okay? We've been in those countries for hundreds of years. We have nothing to do with Israel. Israel is to us no different than China. A country is created in 1948 by a bunch of people who, by the way, did not like Judaism, did not like Jews, and actually created such a country and the entire Zionist movement in order to transform Judaism from a religion into a nationality so that, and this is what Theodore Herzl writes on the last page of his book, The Jewish State, which was the Zionist Manifesto. Once Zionism gets off the ground, anti-Semitism will disappear off the face of the earth. That's a quote, which, of course, it failed. It was a failure, absolute failure. Thank you for listening to Committing High Reason, the podcast that brings you the thoughts that count. For more material from Rabbi Shapiro and for this episode's show notes and links, head on over to www.committinghighreason.com. 